I'm Chris. I'm also Chris. And we are your friends with benefits. Hashtag FWB Podcast on all your social medias. You can join the conversation anytime at 270-883-1617. We're ready to believe you. You know, that's better than it has any right to be. Oh, man. It is another Tuesday. I don't understand what's happening because uh, it was like 70 degrees today and they're saying that it's going to snow tonight. I don't even know. Yeah, fuck that. But here we are. It's a thing. And my God, uh, we have got a one hell of an exciting episode. This is a huge deal for us tonight. I'm excited. Yeah, this weather change is kind of driving me to drink, though. Well, uh-oh, he's back. He is back, buddy. What do you got for us this week? Oh, the Narragansett presents Deb's Shandy. It's a uh, it's a lemon shandy, which, you know, the weather was warmer. So for a minute it was. Decided this would be a good one. I... Did kind of, I, I kind of screwed up. Oh, I'll be honest, I kind of, I kind of fucked up. Oh dear. I didn't get any Sweetwater 420. What? What? I know. Uh, I am, I am more disappointed in you than I am in everybody that said that uh, Dogecoin was going to go to like eight dollars today. To the moon. Yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody was like, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be like, you know, you can, you can make all kinds of money on it. And yeah, I, I threw some money into it and it just kind of stayed where it was. So I I thought about buying when it was eight cents a share and then it got up to like 50, but I was only going to throw like 20 bucks at it. And I calculated that. And I was like, man, I missed out on like 450 bucks. No, yeah. I didn't. I missed out on $125. Which, you know, 125 bucks is still pretty good. But yeah, it, it, it's not chump change, but no. it's not anything I'm going to like kick myself in the ass about. No, but uh, so I got I got a little bit. Of, I got basically about that much in it. And I'm going to leave it. I'm going to see what happens to it. And I don't know. Maybe I am thinking about... Uh, I guess there's now a Pokemon-based one, like a Charizard coin or something like that, that I'm thinking about looking into. Again, I'm at an age where I can throw $20 at something, and if I lose it, that's the same price of me buying some crappy movie off of Amazon, watching it, and then being like, well, that was a waste of 16 bucks." See last, week, uh, uh, last week's Asylum review? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, like, I, I literally said that today. I was like, I've spent more on stupider shit so oh, yeah like I, I, I and i will again yeah uh yeah hard facts on that one <laughs> so i'm like yeah like i don't really care like uh there's a guy i work with who um he got it he got it in on it when it was uh five cents and he he bought like five dollars worth and now he's got 120 bucks 
See, that's cool. And I'm, and I'm like, Diane. that's pretty sweet. Like, you turned five bucks into 120, so that's awesome. And like, I know some people that, uh, I know some people that bought in like last year when it was like less than a cent per share. Damn, that yeah. ended up making like, I think my friend Dustin made like three grand. Dang, like that's not bad, man. No, that's not bad on something. I think he said he sank like. 20 bucks into as a joke because it was dogecoin right so. like for real, like who takes it seriously and like at worst you're out you know the <laughs> the 20 or 30 dollars you put in so whatever like not a huge deal but whatever um but as as the uh um as the the opening said i am chris I am also chris and we are your favorite podcast's favorite podcast and uh, the highest-rated podcast on the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast network. So we want to send a, a special thank you to our thousands of, of listeners and the people who actually admit that they listen. Those are the real heroes, the ones that say that uh, uh, that they actually admit. If you hide it, yeah, but. You know, we appreciate the ones that that right that admit that they listen to us. You want to you want to uh, tease so. you, you want to give everybody uh, a little sneak preview of what's coming uh, for the show today because it's not for the show. it's not just us two today. We got a special guest yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. What you got? Uh, we got a special guest calling in uh, that we will be introducing shortly uh, after we get through a little bit of chit chat, a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, we've hmm. got a special guest, a a, a friend with benefits. Uh, you might not know the name, but if you Google him, you're going to know exactly who we're talking about. Uh, DC Glenn, which at first people will be like, who? But he is one half of hip-hop group Tag Team. Uh, and if you're not from the 90s, then you will probably remember him or recognize him from the super awesome Geico commercial. Uh, the Scoop <laughs> There It Is ice cream uh, Geico commercial. So good. Uh, so... He's going to be calling in here shortly, so we're going to have him on the show this week, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, just another friend with benefits uh, that we will have for you guys. So hopefully he'll have some uh, fun and uh, interesting things to say. Uh, but that's not all we have. Uh, no, that's not all that we have. What else do we have? Uh, we have got... Um, the ability to uh, we we can uh, we're not going to do a secret secret celebrity laugh this week. I don't think we're not going to do it. Nah. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but in but. honor in honor of today, we've got a, a super special thing that we want to do. Yep, I believe so. So uh, you know, we play this game uh, that is Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. And uh, in honor of today's date, you know that we couldn't let 420 go by without saying something about it, without acknowledging 420 a little bit. So we are going to do the Mount Rushmore of tragic events that have taken place on or around 420. And I'm going to start with Hitler's birthday. Wait, no, not what, what no. we're talking about. It. Okay, what? fine. I'm That's gonna. I'm, I'm picking Columbine, and I'm picking Oklahoma City bombing. Um, no, wait, uh, this is. Yeah. We're not doing is, that. What? 
No. I thought we were doing we tragic. Discussed, we discussed the other one. Oh, oh, oh. We said we're not doing tragic events around 420. Okay. My bad. My bad, everybody. I'm sorry. I was. I had my whiteboard up here with tragic events. I'm, I'm going to have to erase tragic events. And I'm going to have to put our favorite weed-related scenes in movies for 420. Yay! That's the one that we're doing. I'm sorry, everybody. That one's my bad. That one's on me. <laughs> I was I was confused. I uh, my number one, by the way, was going to be uh, birthday of dear friend uh, Tony Rose, which is uh, today. <laughs> which, that's the most tragic thing to have happened. Uh, oh, around four twenty. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Tony. I love you, buddy. But um, we do. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you you uh, you had a great idea that uh, we haven't busted out the Mount Rushmore in in a little bit. So what better way to celebrate 420 before we eat a lot of ice cream with half of tag team, um, which sounds like the most like which sounds like, you know, 15 year old me's high wet dream, like to get get wasted, eat ice cream and sing. Whoop, there it is. Uh, Before we get there. Let's have our Mount Rushmore of weed related movie moments. And I went, I want you to know, like, right. I wrote down, um, uh, I wrote down four pretty niche movies, uh, that I don't think that you're going to pick. So I went, I went all in on just the four that I've got. Okay. So well, I'm going to let you, uh, kick it off then. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick the one that you might pick first, the one that you're most likely to pick first. Uh, I'm going with, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the line and you're going to immediately know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Get out of here, Dewey. You don't want no part of this. I'm going walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. (laughs) Every time that he walks in, you don't want none of this shit. Uh, every time he walks in, um, and, uh, he he breaks up the uh, the weed bar. Well, I don't want to get addicted. It's not habit forming. You can't get addicted to it. Well, I don't want a headache. It doesn't give you a headache. I don't want to lose a lot of money on drugs. It's the cheapest drug you can buy. Like the the recurring joke about him continuing to uh, walk in on uh, Tim Meadows getting high and uh, saying that I don't want none of that. And then finally, at one point, he finally like goes through everything and he's like, I, I do want some of that shit. And uh, gets high <laughs> one of my favorite weed related movie moments or recurring scenes that's a good one i love it um for my first one i'm gonna go it's kind of a twofer with the same movie um i'm gonna go with the fact that the the first exchange between shaggy and isla fisher's character from scooby-doo where uh, she yeah. says her name is where she says her name is Mary Jane, and he goes, well, like, that's my favorite name. But then I'm also going to go back to the first time you see Shaggy and Scooby in the in the movie at all, and it's the, they're sitting in the mystery machine, there's smoke billowing up, and they're making jokes about getting toasted and saying it's going to be really baked and blah, 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 but it turns out they're just making, like, fried banana sandwiches <laughs> on a hot plate. I love it. Um, I love it. It was kind of a little, a little nod, and I think... I have to double check on this. I think James Gunn helped write the movie. 
Oh, I'm sure that that I I feel like that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's story by James Gunn. Yep. So, but yeah, it was. Um, you know, there was enough dome weed related humor that kind of like kept a 17 year old Scooby Doo uh, stoner fan intrigued. <laughs> well, that like was, it, that, that was me. The cartoon. <laughs> the cartoon was always like. You knew, but they wouldn't say it, and the movie kind of mm-hmm. like turns into that, which is fun. Like they, they, uh, they, they, they don't hide it, so it's good. It's good. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big Scooby Doo fan, so as as cheesy and kind of goofy as it is, um, I love it. So same. Uh, I've got. My next one, it's a movie that uh, I talk about all the time, but I love it anyway. Okay. And uh, I sometimes, especially around the holidays, you feel like I won't shut the fuck up about it. Uh, the Night Before. Oh, my God. So good. Great. First of all, great movie, uh, if you've never seen it. Second of all, uh, fantastic weed-related scenes where um, everybody keeps trying to uh, get weed and get more weed from Mr. Green. <laughs> and uh, they have to go, uh, they're going to this big party, and they want, uh, they, they got to get the weed for uh, the, the teammate, the Messiah. And they get some weed, it gets stolen, they got to get more weed. And uh, um, I always forget his, uh, not, what's his name? The uh, um, Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah. It always, like, just escapes me. Seth Rogen, is, uh, his, his wife is having a baby and so she lets him like go and cut loose and she gets like one of every drug one, like something like of every drug. And he's like, Oh, the, the, the ratios are all off on this. Like, uh, and like my, one of my favorite moments is when he pulls out one joint and he's like, I got the reefers and he's like all excited. <laughs> and the guy's like, you have one joint. And he's like, yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like the, the ratios are all off on this shit. Like, like there's a bag of mushrooms, <laughs> a bag of Coke, but, <laughs> A joint. He's like, yeah. The, the, she's like, I got it all off Craigslist, and so she just assembles like this magic box of all these drugs. And uh, um, but gosh, so funny, such a great movie. Um, but uh, yeah, when he pulls out that joint, he's like, I got the reefers, and he's like all excited, and they're just like, what the hell? Love it, absolutely love it. Uh. I'm going to go with, you know, one of the more uh, famous weed movies and talk about Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yes. And um, Kumar's dream sequence where he falls in love with the giant bag of weed. <laughs> yes. Including uh, sex scene and domestic abuse. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that one. So, yeah, that's oh boy. Uh, a good one. And I actually ended up, I'd wanted to see the Harold and Kumar movies again. So I ended up buying a four pack and it was called the, the manliest comedies. Okay. And it was all, it was all three Harold and Kumar movies and beer fest. I'm like, I, d- I don't think I would call those like the manliest comedies, but, no, but okay. Uh, okay. If that's, if that's, the way they want to go with it. All right, then. Um, I guess that's, that's something. Yeah, I suppose. Um, all right. 
Do you want uh, classically me or super obscure? Uh, let's end on obscure. So classically okay. you. Classically me. All right. So, and I know we've we've talked about it to death. And if you don't, uh, if you if you don't recall this episode, you can go back in the uh, Friends with Benefits archive to late last year as part of our Friday the Thirteenth thirteen part franchise retrospective but friday the 13th part three and i'm not talking uh just chuck the character chuck in general who was you know uh obviously tommy chong but uh there's a scene where uh they've got a bunch of weed and it's very similar to i think a scene that we're gonna have later on in this in this list uh in this in this uh rundown of uh, it's definitely not a list uh um, sorry. Um, definitely not a list, uh, of our Mount Rushmore game, but, uh, where they've got a bunch of weed in the van. And, uh, first of all, there's the scene where they think the van's on fire, but it's just Chuck smoking and, <laughs> and then they're driving and, uh, they, a cop gets behind them. And so they freak out. And so they start trying to get rid of all the weed. And it turns out that the cop is actually going to, uh, the uh, the grocery store at the beginning and they're all relieved but they've they've basically eaten all the weed from uh for their weekend and uh so it's it's a it's a precursor to another famous weed eating scene uh but in one of my favorite movie franchises of all time so i had to include it well From Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> the scene where uh, definitely not Jason Mewes. Oh my god, that's awesome. And um, is approached by Freddy Krueger, who is the caterpillar from uh, Alice in Wonderland, yeah. like smoking out of the hookah and everything. And then, you know, he proceeds to, like, possess him. But, you know, Homeboy is just Jason Mewes throughout the entire movie. But just that scene where the music gets all, like, chill. And he comes out and he's, like, smoking a little bit. And then he just, like, climbs up on the ceiling. He's just like, whoa. Just perfect. It's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. Um. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna name a movie that I don't think we've ever talked about on this show. But when I'm when I think of scenes involving weed in movies, this one always comes to mind. A comedic genius by the name of Chris Farley in a little movie called Black Sheep. And there's a scene at a uh, Rock the Vote event and Chris Farley is up uh up on stage and he's uh trying to uh you know be a part of the of the group and be a part of uh, you know get the audience on his side and he gets handed a joint and smokes it and doesn't realize what it is at the time um and hilarity ensues because Chris Farley in the 90s so uh it's 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 a bit of a deep cut 
but it's hilarious every time. And, um, it was basically my, like, I know no matter what, you're probably not going to pick this one. So I knew it was going to make it on mine. Uh, so, uh, yeah, black sheep, the rock, the vote scene far and away. One of my favorites. I've wanted to go back to black sheep. Uh, I guess I haven't seen it probably the better part of 20 years. It's good. It holds up. It it still holds up. That and Tommy Boy both hold up. Uh, so for the final one to just fully take us home, it's a movie we've talked about to death. Um, honestly, probably my pick for greatest R-rated comedy of all time. Wow, okay. Uh, I'm just going to say one phrase, and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Littering and <laughs> smoking the reefer. Smoking the reefer. Yes. The opening scene from Super Troopers in all of its glory. I know it's not necessarily smoking weed, but the, the guy eats two bags of marijuana and a bag of mushrooms. Um, and just, you know, they throw the other bag out and there's the whole interaction Rabbit and I are going to sit here where you guys smoke the whole bag. <laughs> Please, no. Um, just. It's so good. And we've talked to death about the movie Super Troopers and how it's one of the movies that gets to like have its cake and eat it, too. Where it's like a cult classic, but also a. Like mainstream thing, like, you know, it's 2021, 20 years after the movie came out and we can probably still like you could probably walk into a bar, or make a Super Troopers reference and someone might like a stranger overhearing you would probably get it. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. That's it. It's still one of like it's still from start to finish. It's hilarious. Like it's still so it good. And, you know, you'd think that you would get tired of it and it would be less funny but it's not like it's it, it it is constantly consistently funny even though you know what's going to happen you can say it line for line it's still incredibly funny the second one not as much i don't dislike the second one though i i do enjoy the second one uh, I, I paid four dollars for the blu-ray so i feel like i got my money's worth oh yeah yeah you absolutely did i saw it in theaters as part of my movie pass yeah. So I so basically saw like it for you free. got your money's worth. I I, got, I basically yeah. watched it for free uh, because that was one of like eight movies I saw that month for nine dollars. So I'm pretty sure that I got my money's worth out of that one. So uh, yeah, absolutely worth it. I love it. Can't say I blame you there. Yeah, but yeah, um, uh, you know, I'm sure we missed some good ones. Uh, if you think of anything, you know, if you have our numbers, shoot us a text. Yeah. If you don't have our numbers, um, feel free to shoot the show line of text to 8863 1617 Shoot us an email at iheartstamos at com. Just let us know what some of your favorite uh, weed-related scenes and movies are. Yeah. Let us know what we missed, what we got right, what we got wrong. Uh, if, if you think we got something wrong, which we didn't, but if you think we did, you can you can try and tell us, but we're going to correct you. Um because <laughs> yeah, that's just how we do it and um but facts yeah man that, that was a fun that was a fun way to spend 420 but uh 
It was. It was. But we're not done yet. I know. I know. You're no, like, man, not that, by was a, long that was shot. a fun. That was a fun conversation. But we got somebody on the line that uh, wants to also have a fun conversation. And so I think, uh, without further ado, I think we need to bring on our special guest. How do you feel about that? Hell yeah, brother. Let's do it. Because, see, we used to uh, bring on guests all the time. You know, we've had a bunch of people on, uh, some celebrities, uh, some just, you know, regular people, because uh, we think everybody is a VIP. Everybody here, especially compared to us, is a VIP. Um, but once you're on the show, you're, you're one of our friends with benefits for life. And this is no exception. So let me see if I can get uh, our buddy... Uh, on the line here. Let me patch this in. Uh, hold on one second. Let me see what I can do here. And on yeah. the Friends with Benefits podcast here, we bring on a lot of friends. We bring on people that we 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 really love. We we uh, we respect. We think very highly of. And this next guy, I'm telling you, he's he's on that list for sure. Uh, I, I remember back in the day. Uh, this is one of those first songs that, uh, that, that introduced me to, to hip-hop and uh, still holds up to this day. Uh, one half of one of the most iconic hip-hop duos of all time, Tag Team, DC, The Brain Supreme. Man, how are you? I got one thing to get off my chest, man, before uh, we get started. Uh-oh, what's up? Sprinkles! Yes! All right. Yes! And, and I was going to say, not only a, a, a hip-hop icon, but now in probably the most iconic commercial of the last couple years, at least. Uh, this, 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 here's how I, know, I judge the success of a commercial. We're in the age of DVRs. We're in the age of everybody wants to skip past commercials and get to... You know, they pay the premium for the no ads service and all that stuff. That is one of those commercials where if I'm fast forwarding through commercials, I will rewind and go back and watch it again and again and again. And I got a great story about just that subject. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, like I said, you're going to realize that I'm a different type of person. And I don't, I don't sit back. And I'm never satisfied, right? Right. So yeah. part of it was that usually when you do a Geico commercial, you know, for artists, you're out of here. You know, I'd be talking to you from a hotel room if there wasn't a pandemic, right? Right. But since there's a pandemic, uh, you know, I had to figure out um, what am I going to do with this, right? It's not just enough to be happy you got a Geico commercial. Because when Salt and Pepper did theirs, they were on tour you know, from 2014 all the way to the pandemic, right? Right. And for me, I was like, how in the heck am I going to take advantage of these lemons? But I know one thing, I'm going to take these lemons, I'm going to make a lemonade corporation, and I'm going to franchise it, and I'm going to sell it for a billion dollars. So that's my mindset. And it's funny because uh, one of my, you know, guys I grew up with, corporate guy, he's like, and I wonder how many, how many times they're playing it, because they're playing it like crazy. I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. He's like, man, you got to get the data from Geico. I'm like, man, I'm not about to go to Geico and say, can I get your data? <laughs> That's just not going to happen. I'm not going to ruin that relationship off the rip. 
And he was like, you got to get the data. They'll give it to you. And, you know, we argued back and forth. And, you know, person like me, the way I think, I'm going to argue with you. I'm going to act viscerally. But I'm still listening to you, right? Right. And then I switched it. I said, well, how can I get the data without even going to Geico? Maybe I can pay for it, right? Or maybe, you know, how can I get it? And I started on the quest to get the data to see what the commercial was doing. And I went to Nielsen, iSpot TV, and all these various data gathering uh, companies. And the first one that hit me back was iSpot TV. And iSpot TV was so excited. They were like, not only do we have the data that I'm about to tell you, but I want to do an interview, and we're going to make you a presentation. So when you want to give future deals, you know, future clients and people you're making deals with, your value proposition, because that's what this is all about. We're trying to find what my value is, what my value proposition is through the data of the commercial. So when I do more commercials, because I'm an actor, I can I just slap the folder on the table. I'm like, this is why you're going to pay me, right? And when she, when she called me, she was like, first of all, not only are you the most, um, you are the biggest Geico commercial of any artist, Today, wow. after a month, right? And then she then she just started rolling off all the all the statistics. She says your um, happiness index is this, your you know such and such index. She started giving me all this data, and the one that hit me was the DVR rewind statistics. And she says it's just off the chart. That people sit there and rewind it, and rewind it, and rewind it, and rewind it. <laughs> and that was just poignant that you said that, and that's why. That's what led to that little story right there. And then I went to Nielsen. And then now I've got all these data companies ready to strike and support me in anything I want to do in the future. And see, that's taking, that's truly taking lemon and making lemonade, right? Yeah. I would have never thought to do that. But because I'm different, because I think differently, and I don't give up, I don't care what people think, and I, I just play offense, that has opened more doors for me than any show I could have ever done, right? So I'm I'm just, I'm ecstatic at my future because, you know, the pandemic made everybody stop. And it's a whole new frontier out here, right? And everybody's sitting around waiting for it to come back the way it used to be. And it's like, it's a whole new world. You can make your own lane, right? You can make your, you can make your dreams and desires custom to fit you and be successful. All you got to do is pull the trigger. So, yeah, and, I'm that type of guy. And and it's 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 interesting because now it's like it's almost like there's there's more opportunities. They're just different. Like the traditional way of what used to work and what used to be like the go to, uh, you know, ha- has changed so much with the pandemic and with you know um, a- everything kind of everybody's routine getting upset and and changed and the people who are the most successful with it and the people who are like that are having the best success with it are those that they're creatively adapting and finding ways to approach it differently and, and find those different avenues where they can be successful in a totally different way, but doing, you know, something similar. Yeah. And I got another one for you. All right. You don't mind. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I work, we get the guy go commercial. Everybody's like, are you happy? You know, that's you. I'm like, no, because I got work to do. 
or I'm a star and all that, right? Right. Not, I've never been that guy. And, you know, I, I said, I'm going to blow up my acting and my voice So I started seeking out publicists. I was like, I need publicists. And all the publicists were like, well, we're in a pandemic. We don't know how to use what we usually do. That's why it's, it's ironic what you, you said, what you said, because they were giving me every reason why they couldn't work with me instead of giving me one reason why they should work with me. Right. right? But I didn't, I don't, I was like, thank you. I appreciate you telling me that. Appreciate you talking to me. Now, you know, so, but I'm not going to stop. And every time I get stuck like that, I join an organization. And for everybody out there listening, organizations are filled with people and professions for the profession you want to be in that have been doing this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years that are ready to give you the game, ready to tell you every all the secrets, ready to tell you everything if you're a part of their society or their their uh, organization. And it doesn't cost much. And you're getting you're getting information real time, you know, while they're adapting in their profession straight from the horse's mouth. And I said, okay, thank you, all you PR companies. Let me go join the Public Relations Society of America, right? Oh, wow, yeah. So I joined them two days in I on a Zoom uh, call with the CEO of this big PR firm. And I raised my hand. I'm like, our press release is relevant because I'm doing my due diligence to the lead-up to the Geico commercial, right? I'm setting everything up, laying the foundation. And I've got this press release, but I held it. And they were like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial. <laughs> there it is. And I'm looking at the chat, and it's like, that can't be him. Is it? I love that commercial. My kids love that commercial. My dog loves that commercial. My grand loves that commercial. <laughs> That's the greatest commercial ever. Oh, my God, you bought me so much the chat, I blew up the Zoom. <laughs> and the moderator's looking at the chat, too, and I'm seeing her eyes get big, and she's like, oh, my gosh. We'd like to welcome D.C. Glenn to, you know, our organization. Thanks for coming on the, on the uh, Zoom podcast or the Zoomcast. And we're going to talk about that Geico commercial afterwards, right? But she said, back to our guest, our press, that's a good question, D.C. Our press release is relevant. And the guest was like, heck yeah, especially now, because <laughs> the whole last year has been gloom and doom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then COVID. Yeah. Everything has been COVID. Everything has been just, you know, people fighting each other. Just, just everything has been really rough. And here you come with this good feel story that makes people smile, a commercial that makes people laugh, a commercial that makes people good, bring people joy. Bringing joy to the world, right? And not only that, is are they relevant? You need to do this to get in front of all the journalists. Do this to get in front of all the podcasts, all the TV shows, all the uh, uh, radio shows. Make sure your pictures are like this, 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 and booming this, and this, and this, and this. And the CEO of this PR firm just gave me the whole breadth of her existence as a PR firm in 10 minutes. And I haven't looked back. And it has opened doors for me that I could have never imagined. And it is the one reason you and I are sitting here having this discussion. That's awesome. You see how I flipped it? You see how I didn't give up? Yeah. How I changed my way of thinking? You see how I looked at I, I didn't, I just, there's no way around it. 
No way under it. No way over it. Only way to it is through it. And I said, let me learn this. And now all I've been doing for the last three or four, since, since uh, three days, four days before the Super Bowl, is PR. And I dropped that press release. And in six hours, 300 entities picked it up. Oh, my God. Now, not only is this press release relevant for press and getting my name out there and letting everybody know what I do and me create my narrative, me imposing my will, but that's 300 do follow links back to the tag team side because I do SEO, search engine optimization, right. building websites. Now I have a nuclear power engine that can power me for the rest of my life. It took me 10 years to put that, all that together, right? Because SEO is a moving target. It's yeah. difficult. It's yeah. hard. And now, I mean, I dropped the press release. Dan Patrick Show calls me the next day and says, we need you on the show tomorrow. I'm like, can we do it Monday? Like, we need you on the show tomorrow before the Super Bowl, please. Like, all right. And that Friday, we're on the Dan Patrick Show, national TV audience. Now I can impose my will. Right? All because of a press release. Two weeks later, we're on the Tamron Hall Show, ABC Daytime. Now I can create my own narrative. But then there's a glitch in the system, and there's a two-second delay, and I forgot. And I'm thrown off, but I recover. But at the same time, they're so professional. And because I'm professional, and I made sure they had the proper information, I made sure that when they do their research and they go on the Internet and they look at the Wikipedia pages, when they look at the websites, when they look at all these articles, they have accurate information, and they have my narrative that I want the world to know. And Cameron Hall took upon herself, and she made three or four narratives that I couldn't even done. And she just went, and it was like, from the ashes, a story of redemption. Uh, it was almost like a movie trailer. You know, it was really proud of DC making the transition from you know, music mobile, music artist to actor and voiceover artist and animation. She just went on and on and on. And it's recent benefits that I could never imagine. I've got I've got five things I want to tell you about so badly, but I can't because I have to sign NDAs for them, yeah. right? And all this is because of my hustle and my tenacity. I don't want to do half this stuff. I want to get up in the morning, do a bunch of podcasts all day, but do it anyway. All right, because that's what has to be done. You just do it. You don't think about it. I play offense, man. Yeah. Chess. I'm I'm thinking seven moves down the board. I'm trying to create pension plans. I've been blessed my whole life, right? I'm, you know, I got a forever hit record, so I can just live. I can just live off that, but that's not that's not enough, you know. You know, the pandemic changed everything because it was like, I do not want to leave this earth regretting that I didn't do something, right? Regretting that I didn't learn something when I could have learned it. Because we are, you know, our lives are filled with opportunities that pass us by just because we weren't ready. Yeah. So I'm going back over my life and look at these opportunities, and next time they come around, because they always come around, I'll be ready. So now it's just about preparation. So I study all day, every day, you know, and I've got tutors. I've got tutors. I've got all kinds of people helping me. But think about it. 
pandemic. Half the teachers went back to school. Half the teachers said, I'm not going to go back to school and be around them nasty-ass kids. Right? <laughs> right. And, and, and this goes from preschool all the way to doctorate professors. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. To academia. And what happened is they switched their paradigm. And they started signing up for all the tutoring sites. So now you go to a site like wiseant.com, W-Y-Z-A-N-T.com, and you might find a tutor that is shut down but is working, that, that is, is, you know, a fellow at Juilliard. Now I can find somebody that's going to teach me how they would teach their class but teach me over Zoom. Right. I can find, I got classes for music theory now. I'm working in music production again because I want to make songs again. I haven't touched a drum machine in 20 years, but and I'm more creative now than I've ever been, so technology has to meet creativity. Let me find a tutor. I wouldn't even run further. I am now uh, being trained by one of the engineers of the, you know, DAW, a digital audio workstation, uh, Studio One. Oh, oh like nice. Studio One. Yeah. And... This guy's built the software, and he's tutoring me, and we tutor every Tuesday. And he's making it custom to me. Now you can learn custom to your life. Yeah. You see what I mean? There's all kind of ways to do it now. Everything has changed. And people are sitting around waiting for it to come back the way it used to be. And if you're doing that, you're going to be sitting around waiting for it to come back the way it used to be. Well, And, and that like, not the, that's not the ticket. No, and, and you brought up a great point in the fact that like sometimes the best way to get where you need to go is you, you, you need you need to grab somebody else and you need the guidance and and you know information wisdom knowledge from someone who's been there before and there are a lot of people who either they're afraid to ask for help or they think that you know they don't know how to ask for help for something and you know it's it's um, the Sometimes, you know, the, the, the way to go the furthest is you bring people with you and, you know, you surround yourself with people that, um, you know, want to see you succeed and want to see you do well and, you know, have the tools to help you that you might not have in your own, you know, in your own repertoire. You want to you want to bring people in that will that will help you and you can help each other. And it becomes, you know, a, a really beneficial thing. And, you know, some people just they're they don't want to ask for help or they can't ask for help or they don't know how, but you know, that that's how you get the furthest. Yeah. But you know, also you can all, you can just stay who you are and, you know, keep that negativity around you and keep the positivity around you too. You don't have to do much because, you know, for me, right. I've told you the positive part, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much, so so many more, but this is part of the negative part. Like, people always say you don't, you know, surround yourself with positive people. I'm like, cool. That's how, that's, that's not a bad thing. But I keep my negative people around me too, right? Right. Because I've acquired the ability over my lifetime to take anything negative, you know, envy. You know, any negative emotion, envy, sadness, despair, suffering, fear, 
all the all the Return of the Jedi Yoda stuff, right? <laughs> and send you to the dark side, and I put them in my pocket, and I use it as fuel, mm-hmm. right? And there's so many ways you can use that as fuel in your life. Like, one, I love to be wrong, right? Because not only – the reason I love being wrong is because it is a constant battle with you, your ego, and your pride. Mm-hmm. So if you can admit you're wrong and not go down the rabbit hole just because you're trying to be right, even if you don't talk about then – then – you're in good shape because you're sequestering your ego and your pride. Now you're opening up. And being wrong, the juicy part of being wrong is it is the path to being right. And that right there is what what what, what fuels me, right? So yeah. that's one. And then think about it. If I'm, I'm an actor, so if... I have some sadness or if I have, I need some anger or if I need any of those negative things that can infiltrate your life, you use it. I can, I can actually go there, be there in that feeling, right? Then I don't have to become a character or caricature. Character becomes me. And that's so much more organic and authentic. That's what makes great acting, yeah. right? That backstory, the thing that that being able to conjure that emotion because you've been through that emotion, right? And you can do it real time, you know. And and those are the little things that help you get out of your own way because everybody wants to blame everybody else for stuff when it's basically you are the master of your domain. So. If you're letting people who have negative comments and all that stuff get to you, that's you. You're the one that's getting in your way. Yeah. Can't nobody stop me but me, right? That's, it's, it's all about how you think about things. That's why, for me, I've been blessed, right? And I love when people give me excuses. Like when all those publicists were giving me all those excuses, yeah. I found a solution to every single one. Now, my life is better because I didn't fall for it. You see what I'm saying? I didn't, yeah. I didn't go to the dark side. I went and I said, wait a minute. If that's the problem, if that's the only part, that's what you see? Okay, let me flip that, find a solution for it, right? So it just works, man. And you're constantly working, and then it becomes it's just like driving. Sometimes you're 15. You're 15 years old, you're being taught how to drive, and you're terrified. Now you're 17 years old, you don't even think about how to drive. How to drive yeah. Because you know how to do it. That's, that's how you have to be. And you just keep playing offense. Just keep playing offense, man. And, you know, that's what I've done through this whole process. And for me, you know, the pandemic made me ask myself a question. What are you doing? Right? Because we made everybody stop. And, you know, everybody's working hard. They're hustling. They're grinding. They're doing their thing. But a lot of people are sitting in their car, revving the engine, thinking they're driving. They look outside. They're not going anywhere because they're stuck in mud. Right? Yeah. It's not It's not one thing to say you work hard and you hustle and you do these things. It's, 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 it's are you moving forward? 
right? Right. Are you moving forward and not expecting anything in return? Because this is not a quick pro quo type situation mm-hmm. when you do these things. This music industry is not, you, you have to play offense when you want, there's, there's something in life that you want. You can't be like plant a seed. You know, for, I, I got this analogy. You don't, you don't just plant a seed, right, in the dirt. And then you sit down and cross your legs like, okay, see, grow, please grow, see, see, why aren't you growing? See, grow, grow, see, and the seed don't work. I quit. You don't do that, but think of how many people you know do that. Yeah. Think of how many times you've done that. Man, I did this, but that didn't work for me. What? You can't do that. You got, you got to plant that seed and keep it moving. Right? And... When I look back and I tell you these stories, you know, all these, all these stories and all these analogies are, are relevant in my life because these are seeds that have been planted that I haven't thought about, right? Right. And now, you know, I stand before you in a forest of opportunities because I didn't think about these seeds and they don't grow in the redwood trees and I got everything I need. Now it's up to me to be prepared be in this forced opportunity, right? Right. So if this company comes or if Disney comes and wants to do animation, okay, you better be ready. You better be good at it. Or if this commercial company wants it, whenever, whoever comes, you better be prepared. That's why when Geico called, I started, I started working as an actor. I said, I want five, six things that I can put in my pocket, develop them, and bring to this commercial to make it great. And that's what I did. You know, I wanted to find somebody to fabricate a spinning scoop, <laughs> and I couldn't find anybody. It was the most difficult thing ever. <laughs> and we had our wardrobe meeting and production meeting the night before, and I went to the director. I was like, I got some ideas. Please. He's like, man, whatever you want to do, DC. I'm like, cool. I wanted to do the spinning scoop, but we're not going to be able to do it because I couldn't find nobody to build it and fabricate it. He was like, it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> When I showed up to set, they had a spinning scoop for me. That's awesome. Right? That's so awesome. Yeah. I, I, I said kids love sprinkles. I don't know why they love sprinkles. <laughs> sprinkles are gross. But <laughs> I knew kids love sprinkles, and I wanted this to be like a party. Anything tag team is going to be a party. <laughs> but I wanted it to be sprinkles everywhere so kids would look at their parents and say, I want a party like that. <laughs> and that's what happened. Right? You know, I, had, I did the salt-based sprinkles. But, you know, it was a long sleeve t-shirt that was just sprinkled everywhere. It was just, uh. <laughs> But then, you know, it's an ode to LeBron James when he goes to the scorer's table, throws up the chop before he goes in the game, and the whole arena goes crazy. That's what has happened with sprinkles, right? Because everybody laughed at that part, even me, and don't even know why. <laughs> I have no idea why I still laugh at that. It's just funny. I guess it's just funny big old black dude talking sprinkles, <laughs> right? I don't know. But that part has stuck. There's a little dance that we do down south. Now everybody down south is like, I love them dudes because they represented our culture going way back. And everybody bought their A game as far as Nikki Carr, you know, Amethyst, and uh, Mr. Boozy. Everybody bought their A game. And we recorded that in one day. And it was a party the whole day. And we had so much fun, and that's what comes through on the commercial. Yeah. Damn, they look like they're having fun. 
that looks fun, right? And the energy it brings, it just picks everybody up. And it's like, you know what? Life ain't so bad. You know, and I'm just going off of what people are telling me, off of what these tweets are saying, off of what all the social media is saying, all these articles that I've done, all, everything that people are talking about, you know, was prepared for, yeah. right? And that's just how I am, man. So, you know, back in the day when we did Wounds, There It Is, you know, that was more simplistic. People are like, well, how did that come about? Was it, you know, I'm like, look, Wounds, There It Is was not some rocket science Manhattan project type situation <laughs> where we had whiteboards and geometry and theorems and it was nothing of the sort. It was just a song we made about partying on a Friday night as young men trying to get get the girl in the club. Come on now, that's all it is. <laughs> and that basically is what it always is about. It's about can you rock the party? Because I'm a D, I've been a DJ for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And I come from the beginning of hip hop. There was only one question: Can you rock a party? Can you move a crowd? And that has been the existence of my whole life. So everything, every time I do anything, that's what I bring to the table. And you know, "Wound There It Is" was just a song, and we had a ball. And then it became a forever hit record. Yeah. And now. Every couple of years, we're going to be doing commercials like this because it can't be helped. <laughs> right? Yeah. It can't be helped. Yeah. Because yeah. they see the success of the Geico commercial. I mean, I get commercial offers every day, but it's, you know, people, people know that there's a price to pay and yeah. they're not willing to pay that price for their company. Anything they can find that goes with there it is, they want to do a commercial about it. So I feel I'm in a great position and I'm in a great position because of my hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because I did. I don't give up. We signed a bad contract. But I never gave up. I never cried over spilled milk. I took responsibility as a man. I said I messed up, and I knew I messed up from the beginning. Because I was like, I don't care. I want to be a rock star. I'll deal with it later. And that shouldn't have happened, but it made me who I am. It gave me the tenacity. It says I'm not about to give up. I'm not about to let you take my stuff. I'm not about to. Uh. Uh-uh. We're gonna fight for this for 20 years. And then I'm going to get my day in court, and we're going to prevail because right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. And for me, the rest of my life, all I'm trying to do, one of my goals is to just talk to people, right, and use my wisdom and my experience and tell people the things I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. That's it. It's simple. Yeah. My parents raised me wonderfully, right? Right. My father can't tell me about the ins and outs of the music industry and all the snakes and what they do to you, right? That's something you got to learn on your own, and right. everybody goes through it. By from the top, Michael Jackson, all the way down to the lowliest artist who thought they had a hit but didn't have a hit because their record got stolen, right? Yeah. So now what I do is I, I try to teach people in a way where I reverse it. You know, people say, put me in the game, D.C., I'd be like, I don't even make music no more. What are you talking about? It's like, well, I know you got so much wisdom. I was like, all right, I'll help you. Give me an email. I got a folder. There's a book in there. If you don't like to read or can't read, there's a video in there. When you finish that, call me. We'll talk. And I can tell you 98% of the people never call me. Wow. Because everybody wants to be a star. Yeah. Everybody wants it now. Right? I need you to tell me the, the thing that's going to make me a star tomorrow. Right? And yeah. I'm like, it don't work like that. But the, for the, the 2% who 
who do call me back, they're confused and bewildered. But I know that they li- I know that they tried to go through it. Right. And then I explain it to them. And then they have clarity. But then they're still confused because how does this help me? Right? I know what it is, but how is that relevant to me even getting a record company or even getting to a I'm like, it's relevant because now I have confidence that you will never be taken advantage of in this music industry. Yeah. Right? Right. And now I, I feel good about it because I have given you the back end first. <laughs> I'm giving you the back end so you can own your own music publishing. And even if you have a mediocre record, you can still make money off that music for the rest of your life. You don't think that when these record companies take these kids' records that they make the money off of their records still? Oh yeah, that's why they do it. That's why they want the rights, so they can make they can make records, make money. You know, fifteen years down the line, mm-hmm. there are companies that just go out and just find people who don't and just take their music. Yeah. So they have a catalog of music that they can always submit for movie for anything that people need music for. But you can have your. You, but I'm giving you the back end. So the front end's easy. The front, I can't give you the front end because you know what you want on the front end. You want to be a rock star. You want all the women. You want all the cars. You want all the glory. You want all the fame. I'm not going to give you that. I'm giving you the back end. Right. Because after all that fame and glory is gone, you got, if you got, if you sitting there got nothing, it's going to affect your life. It didn't affect me. You know, I could have been old and bitter, but I'm not. I took responsibility and I said, I'm going I'm to turn into a paralegal and I'm going I'm to, I'm going to get every piece of discovery. All this court stuff, because it was two record companies fighting over us. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just monitor, and I'm gonna gather information. But when it's my time, I'm prepared, right? And that was the best thing I ever did. And when it came time for me to be prepared, that cost me half the money because my lawyers didn't have to do any research, yeah. right? Because I had everything done for them, and they can't. I had it so meticulous that they came up with six, seven different ways to win. Wow. And we won. And it was a war. And in war, you come back, my lost leg, my lost arm. But now you have a choice, and you can move on. And, and your choice is, you know, you're free of all the things that held you back all those years in that one particular thing. Nothing ever held me back. You know, I, I learned, I was a licensed commodity broker. I learned finance. I learned you know, SEO, I've learned voiceover, I've learned acting, and, you know, all these things have come to fruition and turned into one big ball of just, you know, one talented dude that can do a lot of things. You know, they say jack of all trades, master none. You live long enough and you hustle long enough, some of those trades become masterful. Yeah. Right they about serve that. You, yeah. Right? They, they serve you, they serve other things in your repertoire as a toolbox. You build a toolbox over life, and any situation comes up, now you can go to that toolbox and you got the tool to fix it, or you got the tool to take advantage of it, or the tool to build it. And if you got all, if you got an incredible toolbox, you can build anything. Yeah. And that's how I look at life, right? So I know this conversation didn't go the way you thought it would, but it's relevant because, you know, it's more to life than just a hit record. It's more to life than just a hit commercial, right? Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we talked about that. That's, you know, that's cool, but isn't it more fascinating and inspirational and motivational and things that we're talking about now because these things are practical. 
they things are achievable. Yeah, I mean, and you know, right now, you, know, you, you can live your dreams and, and your desires if you just think differently. Don't give up and just work hard. So that's my best to everybody. No, you, whatever you want. You're right. Like you, you said, this this conversation did not go how I expected it to go, and you are 100 percent right. And at the end of the day, and like, and, and I say that in the best possible way because you know. We have people on all the time, and they give the, you know, the same old, uh, this was great, blah, 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 go here to, to learn more about me the, for my next project, bye. And it's the same. You know, like you get the same, you, you hear the same thing from a lot of people. And, you know, this completely different in the best possible way. And it is like you know this. Why? why? Why is that? Because. It is not about me. It's about you. Right? Yeah. It's not about me. This is all about you. It's all about your listeners. I have nothing to do with this. That's how I approach everything. It's not about me. It's about you. So we're not going to talk about me. We're going to talk about what I can, you know, what, what things can help you. I'm going to stimu- stimulate your mind so you come up with ideas to, you know, to just be better. Because for me, my whole existence is being a better man today than I was yesterday. Right. So that's my gift. That's my responsibility is to just talk about it. Right. And we can talk about wound there it is all day, but that's not going to help nobody. Right? That's, that's, and you already know about wound there it is. But then when you see all the things that went into the backstory of Wound Theory is, because that's all this is. The backstory of Wound Theory is, is all this hustle, all this, all this in the trenches. That song doesn't just happen by itself. That song happens with curation and, and making moves and trying to position yourself and all kinds of things like that, because I made that song. You know, me and Steve Rowland made that song. Yeah. So that's what we do. And I'm going to work my butt off and squeeze every ounce juice out of this thing and it's, it's going to live forever so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and for me to just talk about all the stuff I've done and how wound there is this man I ain't about to do that I'm about to tell everybody what it takes to sit here and talk to you and everybody's looking at me like man this dude is this dude He's not even like I thought he was. It's not about me. It's about everybody else. And it's about my contribution to the world. It's about me touching the world and bringing joy to people. It's about that. And I am fascinated and addicted to that because I've done it several times in my life and I've gotten good. I've been a DJ all my life. So I bring joy to people every time I touch them ones and twos. Right? Right. And that's how I apply it to life. Every time I every time I open my mouth, it's got to touch somebody. I got to help somebody. I got to I got to be be. It's not about me, and that's just part of. You know, my main number one motto is you give what you want first, right? right. So right now, you know, I, I see. I know what you're saying because it's funny because when I when people contact me, they're like, "So what are you trying to promote? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do?" I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I said, first of all, this is not about me, it's about you. And it just blows people away. They're like, wait a minute, what? They're not ready for that that answer. But it's true. 
And that's why I'm doing five or six of these a day now. Wow. Well, Mike, uh, you know, and it's for my benefit too because I learn more through running my mouth. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm coming up with different scenarios. I'm hashing things out. I'm saying, how could I've done this differently? I'm doing it in a way that's positive and constructive, right? Right, right. As opposed to, you know, being greedy or wanting more or whatever. I'm trying to figure things out for the future. How can, you know, maybe I might come up with an analogy and. I love doing this every day because it holds me accountable, and I have to live this. Yeah. So, therefore, if I'm talking all day, I, you know, I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, I'm bullcrapping people, but it's not. That's just because what I do is effective, right? right? So, I'm like, for me to really, truly be effective, do as many of these a day as you can because you have to live by these words. Yeah. If you live by these words, you can show people through example what it takes to do what you need to, to be anything you want to be in life. And that, that's my mission, man. Well, um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with me yeah. and hang out. Um, I, I appreciate, I know it's, I know it's early, so I appreciate that very much. Um, this was fantastic. Like this, this, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be smiling from ear to ear, uh, for a while. So I appreciate this very much. Yeah, 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 man. It's not, it's not a problem. Not a problem at all. I enjoy myself. You've helped me, <laughs> right? And, you know, before you ask the question, how can anybody find me? It's like, yep. all you got to do is just type in my name or type in tag team or type in Geico or type in anything. <laughs> if I do SEO, yep. you will find me. That easy. But it took 10 years to get, you know, that type of web presence. Right. And figure that stuff out, right? But now I get to reap the benefits of it because I can be contacted now. I'm not gonna miss no money. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not gonna miss opportunities. Yeah. Because everybody can find me, and I'm just developing different ways every day to be able to do that. So that's why that's why people are frustrated with social media. That's why people are frustrated with all the things that you know, they just don't. They give up, and they get they they they. They fall into a narrative and they start believing the hype. And if you believe the hype without you doing the hype or without it, it working for you, then you know it's hype. But yeah. some people still go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, but there's people that say, I hate social media. I'm like, why do you hate social media? Because you have a perception of it as being something that it is to some people, people like you. But it don't have to be that. It could be about something else that serves you. You right. have to learn how to do it, you know, and that's what everything. So, you know, if there's one thing people take away from me. I did a, my high school, Manual High School, uh, one of the students that I went to school with called me. And she said, can you just, you know, can you leave a quote or some words that you would tell your, you know, 18-year-old, you know, your high school self, right? right? What advice would you give yourself if you could go back? And I was like, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to entertain it like that. I'm going to entertain, like, whatever you want to do in life, join an organization, figure out how to do it, and then know if it's for you. But you just you just got basically a college education and maybe a couple weeks if you apply yourself and go through all the resources of that organization, yeah. right? Because people are going to talk to you. People are going to tell you how to do things. And if it's for you and it's doable, at least you know in a couple of weeks 
and not a couple of years. <laughs> right. So yeah. if there's five things you want to do, join an organization. It don't have anything to do with college. I feel great. Go to college if you got to go to college. But if you can't go to college, join an organization of something that you like to do, and you will find out how to do everything you need to do to achieve that goal, and that is three-quarters of the battle. Yeah. The rest yeah. is just putting in the work. You. So that's the advice I leave with your listeners, my friend. Well, I appreciate you very much for taking the time. I can't thank you enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I was going to say, you know, best of luck with uh, with what you got coming, but I know that uh, you've put in the work, you've put in the hustle, and luck uh, is only a small part of it. So um, I know I know you're out there making your own luck. Uh, so, um Man, the only way to be. Yeah, there's, uh, no, there's no other alternative. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right. You know, unless you go way back, way back, and get old and bitter. You know <laughs> what I mean? But it's never going. You gotta. My father had a, he had a good one. You know, because I think I was struggling with something. And I was like, I'm doing everything I can, Dad. I'm like, you know, I'm praying every day, and you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to just, you know. It was kind of a thing where I was just like, I've done all the work, and I'm just waiting, and I'm just waiting, and I'm praying. And he said, son, you pray all day. You don't get your ass up on that apple tree. Ain't nothing going to ever happen, right? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we get complacent because we think we've done everything. Mm-hmm. And that goes back, goes back to the quid pro quo. Right. And you can't be like that. You can't. You can never rest. You can never stop. Because that little extra thing that you stopped and rest for, when you could have went that little extra mile, that might be the one thing that, just set you up for the rest of your life. You just can't quit, man. So yeah. I got to go, my friend. No, I appreciate you. On your, on your show. And once again, thank you. And last but not least, Rico! And just like that, he's gone. In the night, he's gone. He threw sprinkles in the in the studio and he left. <laughs> uh, I'm not vacuuming. <laughs> Damn it! That means I got a vacuum. I'm not, and, we'll make Paul. We'll make Paul do it. Yeah, we got. Does he still work here? Yeah, we just haven't had any technical issues in a long time because we got this great equipment that we've upgraded. That's true. So That's it's true. all good, man. He was like the most inspirational dude. Uh, we like, upgraded in a lot of ways, though. That God, you you damn right about that. Um, <laughs> I, I like. I'm ready to run through like a damn brick wall. Like he just inspired the shit out of me. I feel like that was better than, like, a, a fucking power team presentation. <laughs> yeah. Like, man. And that's the thing is, like, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that because usually when we have a guest on, it's, like, 15, 20 minutes, 25 if we're lucky, and we get them in a good conversation and they want to talk. Dude, he was here for, like, 45 minutes. I know. And I appreciate all the ice cream he left, too. Dude, he did. He left all the all the ice cream. He left, uh, what kinds do we have? We have French vanilla. Cookies and cream. Rocky Road. He's chocolate. Chunky monkey, but I'm not a fan. So that's chocolate, all you. Peanut butter, cookie dough. See, I'm doing the commercial. <laughs> See what I did there? I know, I, See, I did the commercial. I was trying to throw you off. No, nice try, man. I'm I'm locked in. Me and me and DC. <laughs> he, we were locked in now. I am a little disillusioned though that the the spinning scoop wasn't him. Like he, he was built for him, but you know it's whatever. Eh. That's cool. I, I'm still like, God, God bless. I love that commercial. Like when it's on, it's still on TV and it's not as much as it, as it used to be, but like every time, like, I'm not lying. Like I will rewind it and just keep playing it. It's a good one, man. It's, it's like funny. a, like 
if they still did those like commercials, like best of commercial shows at the end of the year, that that would have been on it for 2020. Oh yeah. Easily. Like it is, it is a, that one's going to be like, people are going to be referencing that one for years because, uh, that shit is, is hilarious and it makes me laugh and it makes people smile, which he's dead on. Right. Like that's, that's what we need. So no, I love it. But, uh, now I think with that, I think we're out of studio time and, um, but man, what a fun one. What a fun from, we got a new friend now. Another uh, friend with benefits. Yep, DC Glenn from. Now we can now we can officially say that we're friends with half a tag team. Um, oh yes. Which, by the way, uh, the next please for the love of God, because now it's possible. The next time we're together and I'm drunk and we're at like a party or anything, like please do not say call DC Glenn on his cell phone because we got his number now and. Um, I'm afraid that that might actually happen. So don't don't make me do that, but. I mean, <laughs> now that you said it, <coughs> oh, I uh, feel like you, you you made your own bet on that one. Oh, man, I am so screwed. Uh, <laughs> but with that, patreon.com slash FWB podcast. Uh, share our episodes with uh, one of your friends. Um, you know, if you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, share it with an enemy. Uh, if you know of a uh, convention or an event or um, a venue, uh, someplace, if you want to see us come to a bar or do a live show, um, you know, tell them about us. Uh, tell us about them. Uh, try and get us linked up. We'll take care of it. Uh, just let us know. You can find us at iheartstamos at gmail.com, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, you can call or text uh, the 270-883-1617. What else can they do? In the meantime, hashtag FWB podcast on all your social medias, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the other fun stuff. As always, if you add hashtag FWB podcast to your dating profile on any dating app, uh, excluding FarmersOnly.com or yeah, Christian no. Mingle. Um, <laughs> if you if you put will... if you're on Christian Mingle and you put uh, hashtag FWB podcast gives me a boner. We will send yeah. you a prize pack. If you use the word boner in your Christian mingle profile, I feel like that gets you a prize pack. That's I fair. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I like that. But until then, <laughs> stay safe, stay happy. Uh, my friends, thank you for being our friends. Um, happy 420 guys with benefits.